1: And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Rod News Brief. We're going to try to keep this one brief today. Do us a favor, though, if you're watching us on YouTube, hey, give us a thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Also, uh, for those of you who enjoy the Smash Zone every Thursday, we're going to pause that for today. Did we pause it last week, too? We didn't do one last week, too? That's right. Well, the QuizzleMania Tag Champs, we can take. We got some important business going on over here that we have to take care of. So uh, we can't explain it to you, but one day maybe we'll do a shoot interview. We'll talk yeah,
2: perhaps, talking about this perhaps.
1: week. Why did Why did you cancel the September 16th Smash Zone? Exactly. It's very important stuff. And then I'm canceling it. Anybody looking forward to seeing me at GCW? I'm not going to be there either. I'm staying home. We're locking down for now. So uh, so anyways, yeah, we're canceling Smash Zone. Numbers Don't Lie we will be up later on today, though, so check yep. that out. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and kick this off. What's
2: in the news? Sure. So in a pretty wide-ranging interview with Bleacher Report, new, new WWE champion Big E talked about when he found out he was winning the title. Uh, this is what he had to say, quote, "When I started this loop, my intention was that I was supposed to be home Monday morning after the live event Sunday and I realized I was going to raw last minute. That was a bit of a last minute decision. There is also the option of maybe I go out there and do some teasing and come back later when it's actually or it's time to actually cash in." Or go back to SmackDown and cash in there. I wasn't really sure. It was an afternoon that day decision. It all happened very, very quickly for me. It was definitely not something that was set in stone days and days ahead. That seems totally in line with how WWE operates. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, like I think Seth Rollins found out, he was cashing at WrestleMania day of. It seems like there's a lot of day of decisions happening. Yeah. At least I mean... from the talents' perspective, you know they don't learn about these things seemingly until. Day of that is happening.
1: What why do you I mean it's your WWE championship, right? What what does it matter? <laughs> if you have a day of decision. Look, a lot of it's funny because I think it was uh, uh the Mat Men podcast, uh Andrews Arian. Mm-hmm. I think he had mentioned that uh this was more and this is this is actually kind of interesting because it turns out that the real creative competition seemingly is gonna be between USA and Fox, keeping both networks satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you have a big Madison Square Garden show on SmackDown, something similarly big needs to happen on Raw. And he's saying, and I, I honestly don't know, I just sort of read the quote. I don't know yeah. if this is his inside guys or if this is his speculation, so I don't know. That, uh, that this is more about, it's less about trying to keep up that AEW competition and more about... Making sure that if something big happens over there, they're not going to hear from the other uh, company, the other network. Hey, yeah. why didn't we get something big? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess if, if you can expect one thing big on one show, you can expect similarly something big to happen well, this, on the other show.
2: This is kind of the stuff you'd expect from a, a, a brand split, where at least in theory they, you know, they they promote it, or at least they did when they started the brand split again as a competition between the brands. Mm-hmm. And I know they meant that in terms of kayfabe, mm-hmm. but behind the scenes, you got to think that's kind of the, the, the reality too, where, well, Brock shows up on SmackDown. Well, let's have a cash in on my, my, the bank cash in on raw, you know, yeah. if nothing else to keep the, your network partners happy. Yeah. And probably off your back. And I mean, then it might be advantageous to do that. The good
1: thing about look, the good thing about the WWE is that they do keep so much up in the air. They keep they, they keep these like these juggling balls up in the air just barely, right? And so the good thing is they can sort of just do what they could do something big. And in their weird minds, it'll make sense. It's like, oh, every, hey, here's a guy we never use. Here's a guy that everybody loves universally. We don't really use him all that much let's do something really cool with him and everybody will be really happy and that we're rewarding him when really it's just like, hey, we need to make the, 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 the network executives happy and do something. So they have like a bunch of guys that never use good. And then uh, when they use somebody good, they can make it
2: seem like they're the best company in the world.
1: <laughs> That's what WWE does. Kind of. Uh, they rely happy. a lot
2: on the goodwill that us fans have towards their uh, uh, yeah. you know, talented performers. A lot. Yeah, exactly exactly they really do they really do. the interview overall is great uh the uh, uh, biggie talks about you know uh winning the world title without you know like more or less being himself mm-hmm. uh, while winning the world title yeah. uh, new day never splitting up because that should never happen new day should never split up yeah. and a bunch of other things it's a really good interview the link's in the description I highly recommend you check it out
1: that's great yeah
2: uh, we also got some backstage details on NXT 2.0's debut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the first bit here comes from the Wrestling Observer himself, Dave Meltzer. Uh, he said some stuff about NXT 2.0 on Wrestling Observer Radio. These transcripts are from wrestlingnews.co. Steve, mm-hmm. take it away. I'll do my best, Dave Meltzer. No, I'm not going to do go. that. I,
1: I save that for when I'm on a walk and I just send you a, a, a voice message. Half uh, time I don't get them. Shawn Michaels was the guy running the show. The Heartbreak Kid was running the show because Triple H obviously is still not back. Probably won't be back for a while, which is kind of like bearing the lead right there. It's like, oh, wow, who's running uh, NXT 2.0? Wait a second, Triple H is not going to be back for a while? Uh, He says, Sean was running it and Kevin Dunn was there. No Vince, no Bruce, although Pritchard had gone down recently, but Vince did review the script of the show. He was involved in the creative of the show, but not there, and he was not the key guy or anything like that. And whether that will be the case going forward, I doubt. I think it will be his toy
2: until he gets tired of it. Well, you did see some uh, uh, some traits of main roster programming on NXT 2.0. Yes. The tag match going into a six-person tag match. Uh, all Conventional main roster tropes. Even in started, the camera work, yeah. Yeah, uh, showing up on NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melzer also mentioned that NXT's commentary team was banned Mm. from referencing Rick Steiner during Braun Breaker's match, of course. Braun Breaker is Rick Steiner's son, Mm -hmm. uh, though Vic Joseph did work in a Dogface Gremlin reference. Uh, But as to why WB changed uh, uh, Bronson Steiner's name to Braun Breaker, Uh, PW Insiders reporting that, quote, WB quickly pivoted from his initially planned and awesome, that's PW Insider's uh, editorializing their ring name of Rex Steiner mm-hmm. is a good name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one source pointed to the company wanting to create and own the trademarks of all their talent's ring names as a likely reason for the switch. And PW Insider also noted that, quote, we can expect quite the push for Braun Breaker in the weeks ahead. That seemed pretty evident based on what we saw on Tuesday. Um, I mean, this isn't a new thing. We've seen uh, WWE do this a lot, mm-hmm. basically with uh, any uh, talent they assigned that didn't already have a huge established brand. Yeah. But actually we saw a kind of, uh, you know, like 2015, 2014 days of NXT. Even if you did have a huge established brand, in the independent uh, circuit, you were coming in and you were changing in your name anyways. Yeah. Or had a huge brand internationally like Finn Balor. Yeah. At the time, if you told me, asked me who Prince Devitt was, I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if like someone of, of comparable stature, from New Japan went to NXT now. Of course, you know, like if if, uh, Haramu Takahashi left New Japan to go to to NXT. Of course, or even more recently, Kushida. Kushida. Kushida got to keep his name.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was never... There's never really been much of a comment in terms of why that has been. It's been kind of all left up to speculation, you know? I mean, obviously, the independent scene did sort of blow up, uh, to, to thanks, I think mainly to like sort of social media really had it mm-hmm. like around the mid, you know, 2010s really blew things up. Uh, and so by the time 2016, 2017 rolled around and Matt Riddle, Keith Lee had these names that had really been established, I mean, mm-hmm. kind of, I guess maybe post AJ styles is when they maybe saw, okay, these guys really are starting to get names, that I mean, Kevin Owens, they changed Kevin Owens' name, mm-hmm. um, but you know, around AJ Styles, they really started to bring guys in, and it's like, okay, I and I don't, I don't know if it was a philosophically a, a thing that Triple H wanted to do. I with wonder NXT. if he saw the
2: value of bringing in established independent names, brands to NXT, so it's an easier transition for fans of those people. You NXT
1: know? NXT was really seemingly built partially on appeasing the goodwill of the internet wrestling community you know it's like hey what do you guys want to see I mean and, and it's funny because it was built around what originally was the community that uh, rallied behind Shawn Michaels all those years ago you know Bruce Pritchard would say well you know if, if the internet really wanted something we knew that not doing that would be the way to go but on, you know, but it, because Triple H and HBK are like best friends, it's not shocking that Triple H sees the value in catering to that specific community. When he looks at main roster as a top 40 brand and he looks at NXT as like sort of the indie uh, alternate all, alternative ranks, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. metal probably <laughs> in his in his opinion. Yeah, his mind. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not surprising that was. And now it's going to be completely different because I just want this main this sort of developmental main roster type thing or whatever NXT 2.0 is supposed to be. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. I wonder, do you think the Rick Steiner thing is related to Scott Steiner? The unfortunate. Yeah, that, I don't know if it's that.
2: I don't know if it's. I mean, I understand a lot of it is probably trademarking the ring talent's name and so they have to do licensing agreements and that kind of stuff like but they have not to do with, mentioning the,
1: the yeah that's weird you know i mean they, they they have never had a problem saying hey this guy's name is completely different than his family but he's got this family to he's boost a his second credentials. or third
2: generation star yeah, yeah i know i know especially when there's so many references and braun breaker's presentation to his dad
1: you know, yeah, he's got right? the singlet,
2: yeah. the brightly colored singlet. He looks you know? like him. He looks a lot like him. he does. And to run away from that seems kind of strange. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard to to guess what's going on through Vince McMahon's head. I, it really is. It really is.
1: Uh, WrestleNomics is reporting that the revamped NXT saw a boost in viewership this past Tuesday, garnering the show's highest viewership number since late April. That's five months ago uh, or almost uh, yep. saw a number seven hundred and seventy thousand in total viewership. Got a 0.21 in the all important 18 to 49 demo. And I apologize. Do you remember what it was the previous week? The demo number? Was I don't like, remember
2: the demo number, but I can look that up real quick. Just give me a second.
1: Um, So I, not to be cynical about things, but I find it difficult to believe that, I mean, given that nobody knew what to expect, that is the reason why this number was so big. Because people didn't know what to, didn't yes. know what to expect. I'm sure and, there's hey, a bit of curiosity involved. Yeah. Let's check it out. Um whether or not they'll be able to hold on to this number, given that this is going to be clearly main roster type show with a bunch of undeveloped unknown characters and then a smattering of NXT 1.0 characters. I'd be really, really pessimistic in terms of it being able to retain that number. But
2: yeah. 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 It remains to be seen. So last Tuesday it got 601,000 with a 0. 0.14. 0.14 okay
1: that's for some reason I remember that number because I did so about a
2: 50% increase in the demo number.
1: Um which is which is which is great. Which is I, good. I mean really good. you want to you want to appeal to that 18 to 49 demo. Um you know the question is are they going to be able to retain that number given what they have? Yeah. Uh I don't know that that's the answer because I mean, my, my main thing about NXT 2.0 Larson is I don't know what they bring to the table that you can't get better elsewhere.
2: Exactly. Except, exactly.
1: I mean, it kind of reminds me of like the beginnings of New Japan Strong, how they just had all these like new names kind of mixed in with kind some of. established names.
2: Well, I mean, we see that on AEW Elevation and Dark. You know, it's and granted the the format there is a little different because usually established name versus an independent name, and in the matches by and large aren't super competitive. Mm-hmm, yeah, they're basically. You know, it's not very often you have so an up and coming name defeat a veteran on Elevation or Dark like we saw on NXT this past Tuesday with Braun Breaker beating LA Knight.
1: But even oftentimes uh, uh, with Dark and Elevation, at the very least, the non-established name has something going on for them in the independent ranks. Maybe they've got 2,000 followers on Twitter. Maybe they have 20,000 followers on Twitter. But oftentimes, they have somewhat of a following. And so you can get a little bit of buzz. These guys are purely coming out of nowhere, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Von Wagner when he when he, he was put in the main event, it's like, oh, I don't, who is this guy? He's it's like a my career thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, it'll be interesting. I hope you know, just for everybody involved, I hope that it does really well. I hope it's able to build on this. It's just when you look at the ingredients, you have to wonder why would anybody continue to watch this beyond pure curiosity I mean if they are really interested in tracking the development of guys who just got signed over the past 12 months is that a draw I don't know uh,
2: I don't know either I don't know I don't, I don't know if if watching people learn how to wrestle on cable television is a draw I mean I'll watch it because it's part of my job and yeah I'm kind of somewhat curious about how this is going to evolve yeah you know are, are you know are we going to see all the growing pains or some of the growing pains of some of these wrestlers, because right. that's part of what it, that's that's the nature of developmental, especially now on live cable television, is you're gonna see wrestlers be in situations they haven't been before and try to figure it out. Yeah. You know, whether it's it's a situation where there's a a, a, a missed spot, a miscommunication, they have to think on their feet, on the fly. Mm-hmm. Do they have the repetitions under their belt to to react quickly and respond to those situations? Is it gonna be a little weird? Is it gonna be a little clumsy or awkward? unintentionally funny we don't know the, the well the, the the last part it, we've seen it is yeah tony
1: d'angelo um the even bad wrestling potentially is better than what we might end up getting which is even worse which is cop- wrestling well specifically copy and paste wrestling the creed brothers clearly know how to do one match the same yeah. match and are we are people going to tune in to see the Creed Brothers perform that same match over and over again? Mm-hmm. I'm hesitant to think yes, but I guess you never know.
2: I guess it's I mean, possible. people tuned in to see Goldberg wrestle the same match over and over for one hundred and seventy eight matches. I know some of those are on the house shows, but still. Yeah. And the one time he was put in there with somebody who who tested him. It was unintentionally hilarious. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I wanted to point this out. This isn't in the notes, but also uh, uh, I, I had seen this and I thought it was pretty interesting. While we're on the subject of NXT, NXT legends Adam Cole, of course now in AEW, mm-hmm. was asked uh, uh, in an interview with Scott Fishman of TV Insider yes. about the pitch made to him. Uh, or I'm sorry, the pitch made for him uh, that was rumored about uh, where he would be the manager of of Keith Lee, and these, uh, and he had he said this, and these transcripts are from WrestleTalk. He says, I personally have never heard anything regarding that. I touched base a little bit on how my meeting with Vince McMahon went really well. We talked for about 30 minutes. He had a lot of complimentary things to say. As far as hearing that specific thing, that was not something I heard about. My four years with NXT was fantastic. My four years with WWE was awesome, but at the end of the day, I wanted to end up with AEW. Now that I'm here, I'm stoked. Chugs is a lovely human being. He was clearly going to be diplomatic when asked about this. I'm glad that the question did come up. Um, Do you believe him?
2: Yeah, I I believe him because in the initial report, I believe it was from Melser, it wasn't like this was a pitch made to him. Yeah, right. Yeah, this was a pitch. That was brought up internally.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sean Sapp said something. Could,
2: yeah, yeah, that he had, had, didn't hear anything from his sources about what that was actually being discussed backstage or something to that effect. Well, he um, also he
1: also said that oftentimes uh, he hears things. Similarly, wrestlers simply are not told about pitches made, yeah. bandied about, in creative. Like I think he yes. used one example that there was even uh, a graphic asset made for Sony Deville to be in the women's Money in the Bank match and that was never used and who knows mm-hmm. if she ever even knew about it um yeah. so so yeah kind of interesting but i i suspect even if he did hear about that he's tactful enough to not run it into the ground and and yeah you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah you yeah, know yeah, yeah. the answer like oh yeah i heard about that i mean a it, of crap
2: it probably would have been something like oh i was you know i was i was pitched a bunch of different ideas yeah yeah, you know, sort of was like a roundabout way of confirming it without talking trash about it. Yeah, yeah. Chugs
1: is great. Pro. They had they had yeah, their little their little video great. saying goodbye to Chugs on from the party nice. today. It was very nice. That it was, was it was nice. very much like Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> like sometimes we have to leave and grow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the WWE and their labor situation because that's fun. Andrew
2: Yang, remember him? Yeah. Uh, about a, about a year ago or so, former president, it was a year ago. It was a year ago. I checked the, the first time we did a, a story about, uh, it was his, it was Andrew Yang's interview with Chris Van Vliet. It was, uh, September 10th of last year. doesn't seem like it's been that long ago.
1: Time has gone p- pandemic has turned time inside out, man. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, about a year ago, like you said, uh, Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, former, uh, New York mayoral candidate as well. Correct made some waves by aggressively going after Vince McMahon for classifying WWE's talent as, quote, independent contractors while controlling virtually every aspect of their professional lives. Yang toned down that talk while he ran for mayor of New York City. But now that he's done with that, he's back tweeting about WWE's labor practices. There are also some rumors that he might be looking into starting a third party, which is probably a terrible idea, given that it would probably just splinter the dumb. Anyways, he said this. Had a call with the Department of Labor. If you are a current or former WWE performer who feels you were misclassified as an independent contractor, contact, uh, I don't know who this is. It's a Twitter
2: handle. It's it's, uh, uh, It's like a labor lawyer, right? Labor attorney, Lucas Middlebrook, yes. Ah, okay.
1: And let's get you what Vince owes you. Been a long time coming, but this storyline is real. It's your money. (laughs) You need cash now. I've got a structured settlement. I am an independent contractor. I need cash now. Yeah, I don't foresee any WWE wrestlers gonna contact this guy.
2: If if this was a situation where where Andrew Yang had capitalized on, because this is this kind of coincided with all the talk about Vince not letting wrestler be on Twitch on yeah. Cameo that kind of stuff. Now if if these conversations, I know situation was different. We had a different president. Um, uh, and I, I don't know if at the time He had any ability to do anything about it
1: mm-hmm.
2: In an official capacity Or even going through uh, Contacts, Department of Labor, any of that stuff But if it's a situation where At least he had talked about it then Try to get the ball rolling And continually talked about it Until January mm-hmm. When the new administration took over And then was like, alright, let's get to it Then maybe I, I would feel more confident about something happening Instead, now a year later, he's bringing it back up. I just feel like the momentum is kind of gone, and he's sort of like passing the
1: buck to them, right? Like here, oh here, hey, here's a tw- here's the labor attorney. You guys don't like how you're being treated? Contact him, you know, as opposed to Yang being out on the front saying, "Hey, let's get some hearings going. Let's drag Vince and whoever." In front of yeah. a, 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 you know, a congressional a congressional panel, committee. Yeah. yeah, something like that, which is, yeah. you know, but now he's just saying, hey, don't like where you're at. Interested in risking your job? <laughs> Go ahead and hit this guy up.
2: Yeah, Anyways. I mean, I guess he prefaced all that other stuff was saying he had a call at the Department of Labor. Now, what that entails, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm I, it'd be great if something could happen. Where if you're in WB and you have an independent contractor contract, then you are, then you are actually independent contractor. And Vince, uh, can't interfere in what you want to do in terms of how you operate your business as an independent independent contractor outside of WWE. Right now. That's not the case Yeah, quite obviously. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard for really for Vince to define, to, 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 to back up the idea that he's signing these, these wrestlers be independent contractors when seemingly they're not. Your yeah. employees. He treats his wrestlers like they're employees. He does.
1: He does. And I think there's 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 actually a lot. It's it is getting... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. This this doesn't feel like it's gonna go anywhere. It just doesn't. Like unless you're willing to take on Vince McMahon yourself and force him to then amend contracts or amend policy and the wrestlers themselves don't have to get involved, it ain't gonna nobody's gonna I, I just I I would be surprised if anybody stepped up unless you literally have nothing else to lose, unless you are so mishandled misused and you're just sitting there at the bottom and you're never on TV,
2: unless, the, unless
1: that's your situation.
2: It's just- either that or someone who is someone like Roman Reigns, who is a locker room leader by all accounts. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in WWE. Mm-hmm. Now, if, like Vince can't I mean, could firing him. Could potentially backfire on Vince, you know, yeah,
1: but there's so many other things he could do to mess with Roman's bag and not oh, totally, you know, totally. and it's like, I just don't know. Yeah, It'd be great if, if all if like the 10 biggest names in WWE, you know, decided to stage a strike. But I just don't know. They all came up in this system. I mm-hmm. don't know. Like, I, I'll put it this way. I just don't see any of that happening. Like wrestlers are wrestlers, they came up in this system and they just understand that that's the situation. Mm -hmm. And unless somebody that isn't the one putting their career on the line is going to step up, somebody in a position of power is going to step up. Somebody at the Department of Labor is going to step up and initiate this and confront Vince directly about it. I just don't like what he's putting this on the wrestlers to step foot, to to step forward. I know.
2: I know. Yeah. You're mean, you're right. It's going to take some governmental body to step up and, and confront Vince about this. If, if, you know, if you say, Hey wrestlers, you're the one that has to get this moving. Yeah. I I just don't even, it's not going to happen.
1: I don't see, I don't know that Roman Reigns would find it. In anybody's best
2: interest. Oh, no, and I just used him as an example. So yeah, you sure. Like you know, top of the card if, if, guy. I'm not yeah. trying to put the the onus on on Roman to yeah to be a labor organizer. That's yeah, that's you know that, but uh, just an example of a top mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, like who, who could hold Vince to accountability? Is your exactly point. that yeah. has the stroke to potentially yeah. you know keep uh, hold Vince accountable for some of the stuff. Yeah,
1: uh, this was kind of interesting. Jake Atlas, of course, uh, formerly of NXT uh yeah, was uh, uh, released relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Kenny Marquez is a real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, announced that he's stepping away from the wrestling business. He said this. He said, I'm not concussed or banged up. I simply just can't go- keep, sorry, can't keep going anymore. Take your mental health seriously, both for yourselves and for each other, because we only have one life to live. Thank you to anyone who did support me for five years. I didn't do much, but what I did was fun. I'm stepping away from wrestling completely right now, so please don't ask me to do interviews or appearances. I'd like my privacy to be respected. At 26 years old, I've got my entire life ahead of me, and I'm choosing to explore completely different industries to find my passion again. Unfortunately, it was unhealthy for me the entire time. I just learned how to hide it really well. I hope that friends and fans I've made alike continue to support me no matter what. I have major anxiety just having done that. Please be sensitive. Thank you. So, obviously, we wish Jake Atlas, Kenny Marquez, all the best in whatever he chooses to do with his life. 26 is incredibly old. I'm sorry, incredibly young. He has a ton of time, a ton of time left in his life. And hopefully he finds it spending something that makes him very
2: happy. Exactly. Exactly. Want to talk Impact Wrestling, Steve? We got an Impact Wrestling tonight. There is a wrestling Uh,
1: Impact tonight. An Impact Wrestling tonight, even. Yeah.
2: Uh, I would assume this would be the main event because it's like basically the entire uh, uh, upper card and mid card of, of Impact Wrestling in this one match. So you got Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Brian Myers, Moose, and W Morrissey. That's one team. One team taking on Steve's favorite wrestler, Christian Cage, mm. Josh Alexander, mm. Chris Sabin. There you go. Ed Edwards yeah. and Sammy Callahan.
1: Um, do, what are the implications here? Is there any stakes, dude?
2: I just plan? go and write down the matches. I don't. I don't read the descriptions on Impact. I'm gonna start watching Impact again.
1: I'm gonna start. We start co-streaming and just see what happens. Uh, Matthew, no, I like Smashdown better. Uh, uh, Drama King Matt versus Trey Miguel, John Schuyler versus the Laredo Kid. Oh, that's right, Laredo Kid's back in Impact. That's fun. That's pretty cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Uh, TJP versus PD Williams and Violent by Design versus the Decay. So that sounds like a fun episode of Impact. It I might does. check it out. I got the Impact Plus membership for 99 cents. So if I have some time, uh, well, tonight there's no Smash Zone, so maybe I'll check it out tonight. There you go. Uh, Anyways, uh, let us know what you guys think about all this stuff in the comments below. Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find